We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. We are up and running. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk, but it is the special Friday weekly edition of Rapid Fire. Knock on wood, no breaking news today, unlike the Drew Pine news last week uh, that overtook last week's show. But uh, two-thirds of the gang is here. I'm Sean Styers. He's Jesse Styers. Vince D'Addario will be with us at some point. He's on his way. He, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's 4.30. We're we're on, obviously, earlier than we are usually on during the week, and Vince got kind of hung up at work, I guess. You didn't get hung up, though. How are you? I work from home on Fridays. Vince needs to assert his dominance and maybe work at home. But I don't know if uh, that's right. his position actually allows a work from home on Fridays. But that's why I... I, I I go in uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, work from home Mondays and Fridays. And especially on Fridays, it's nice because I can start my weekend as soon as I, you know, shut down the computer, essentially. So, yeah, I think Vince needs to adapt on that style. And uh, maybe he, he'd be running a, a little bit better on time. But, you know, Vince, he's uh, always seems to have something going on. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Brian and Ryan, this is no surprise. They started, I believe, at two o'clock and they are just wrapping up their show right now. So, you know, I was wondering when we started this thing and Brian said, Brian just texted me. He said uh, that uh, he just finished and I'm getting a flurry of texts right now. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Brian says... Okay, I'm just finished. Let everyone know to come over. We need to talk about starting a little bit later, <laughs> like five o'clock. Well, you know, we're trying to do this because, again, when we started doing this, he said, well, you don't have to worry about doing a show on Friday. So we're like, okay. And then once the football season ended, because we got used to doing a Saturday morning show, the, the IB countdown to kickoff, we said, well, since we're not doing a Saturday show, and this was our idea, you know, me and Vince and you kind of came up with this. We said, hey, what if we do like a little abbreviated rapid fire, you know, j just rapid fire on Friday, not a full-fledged show. But I see a lot of people are coming over. USMA 87 was one of the first to come over. Gideon, welcome. Glad to have you with us. And uh, Jersey Bear, <laughs> you and Brian are on the same time. And uh, so it's good to have you. Good to have you. And uh, and Gideon with a hello 
to you, Jesse. Hopefully, again, uh, you know, Brian gave us a shout out. We can roll right in from one yeah. show to the other. You can end with a little lighthearted rapid fire. That's right. After getting, the, you know, a big heavy dose of their content from earlier today. Uh, I think it's the perfect ending to this Friday. And hopefully, like I said, people are uh, just going to be clicking right over to us. We can, uh, good thing Vince is a little behind. We can allow the, uh, the students to trickle in for this evening. That's right. We've got roll call going on right now. Larry is present and Derek telling me to be the alpha, telling tell, telling Brian that I run this. Um, he signs the checks, so I'll still go w- with what Brian says. We may have to adjust. We'll have to see what we can do. We'll have to see how the schedules work out. While we're waiting for Vince, did you see? I didn't even realize this until today. I just saw this on Twitter. Did you see that Lance Taylor is already a head coach? He's uh, just a year removed from being the running backs coach at Notre Dame, was the offensive coordinator at Louisville, and uh, he is now the head coach at Western Michigan. I did not see that, but I think that that is uh, a great fit for him up at Western Michigan. Western Michigan is, you know, a very, very good, uh, what is the word, prominence, presence uh, within the MAC. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to tell me. We also saw um, that Joe Wilkins decided where he will be going uh, next season as a, as a grad transfer. And he will be going to Miami of Ohio. I know it's not, you know, shot or huge breaking news, but that seems like a better fit for someone like Joe Wilkins going for it. Yeah. And it seems like that's kind of where a lot of guys, a lot, not all, but a lot of guys who, you know, decide they're leaving Notre Dame and they haven't been getting playing time and stuff like that. They kind of, end up along that route you know mac you know group of five type level and and that kind of stuff i see big time big big time gene wilder oh okay interesting just finished some finals and playing ncaa 14 dynasty right now but uh (laughs) gonna have some people like i I just saw who was it that said uh that that they don't usually get to catch rapid fire live so here we are again this is the special rapid fire it's a work in progress in terms of what time this is going to be, apparently. You know, like last week, again, we had the breaking news about Drew Pine. We got started at 4.30. We're off and rolling. Everything is going great. And, uh, you know, so this week, we thought 4.30 would be a good time. You know, kind of do it early. We thought it was late enough that that Brian's shows might be over by then. But, you know, as Brian himself said, we might have to work on that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And there is Vinny D. And we were just talking, Vince. We got the, uh, we got the talk from Brian already. Their oh. show was just wrapping up. And so, you know, we had like four people sitting in here when we started this up. And the next thing I know, I get a flurry of texts from Brian. And he said, well, we just wrapped our show up and we sent people over to your show. And he's he's saying that maybe we need to start at five o'clock. Oh, well, so judging by the fact that I was late today and definitely could have even stayed later at work. Yeah. Maybe five o'clock is not a terrible idea. Not a bad idea. You know, not a bad idea. (laughs) Shame on you, all Vince. Right. Late, late. It's all my fault. I was, I was rocking the IB though all day at school. So there you go. Compliments. Just there saying. you go. Well, let's just jump right into it. Hit the like button for all the uh, IB Nation family who has jumped in right now. Hit the like button if you would, and spread the word even more. We'll get some more people in here and uh, mix things up a little yeah. bit. Fill in the blank. Uh, we'll, we'll go since Jesse was here first, you know, since we're doing honor system, I guess we'll go. we'll go Jesse and then Vince on this first <laughs> Like one the since... good student I am. That's right. <laughs> yes, that's right. There's got to be right. a consequence for tardies, Sean, that's, and that's I will right. take it. I will take it. That's right. Jesse's sitting in the front row with his notepad ready to go. <laughs> he wants the first question. Fill in the blank. You can live with Notre Dame going eight and four this season as long as blank happens in the next three years i can live with notre dame going eight and four this season as long as we see two playoff appearances at least two Ooh. playoff appearances in the next <laughs> in the next three seasons and that's and i think that i, I can live with uh, maybe a, 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 another buffer year next year a, a non-playoff appearance uh but i need to see two playoff appearances at least in the next three years, I don't want to throw the you know the national championship word out there because that's the goal every year, obviously. But uh, I need to see you know them back in the in the in the playoff conversation. Not even the conversation; they need to be in it, competing, and showing a better performance than what they did from their prior playoff per, uh, appearances. How about you, Vince? I hate you right now because you took my exact answer. <laughs> I was wondering why you threw your arms up. I wondered. I was like, surely Vince doesn't think that's too much because you're kind of throwing your hands. Yeah, that's. How I was so. like, man, is that? Is that was my exact far? answer, and it's actually, to be honest with you, almost a little bit watered down because this isn't year two, like over the next three, right? So we're talking Marcus Freeman's yeah. first four years. So right. the second year, so the third year overall, <laughs> second year from now, isn't it the top twelve make it in? Right. So, you know, making the playoff is not going to be even that big of a deal in years two and three moving forward. Right. So uh, I was thinking more along the lines, though, of top four. Obviously, they can't be in the top four once the new system starts. Right. Uh, But yeah, I mean, if if, let's let's say it's top four, make it in. Right. I want them to be top four to the next three years. I completely agree with Jesse because. The way they're stacking recruiting classes, the way we think the coaching staff is doing their thing, 
you know, the way they're starting to operate in the transfer portal, which obviously will never be to the extent of what everybody wants, but they are getting better at it. And I think they will continue to get better at it. Uh, I, I, I don't see that that is something that's out of the realm of possibility. I, I would be okay with eight and four. We could all look back and be like, Oh, you know, learning experience, brand new head coach, blah, blah, blah. I'm pissed off right now. I don't like eight and four. I'm not happy with eight and four. But if you're telling me we're going to start stacking playoff appearances, okay. I mean, I can have a one-off. It's all right. I agree with what you're saying. I'm going to go building blocks, though. I'm going to go recruiting stays where it is, you know. And they're doing a they're 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 out there. They obviously they've been working the nation <laughs> this week, trying to keep this class together. They had the one decommit, which we talked about yesterday but otherwise everything has stayed together it's held together so far we've got less than two weeks to go until signing day recruiting stays where it is they develop a top tier and you know like when i say top tier i'm talking like at least top 10 in the nation if not better type quarterback not this oh we can win in spite of this guy or you know game manager type quarterbacks you know not not that kind of guy i'm talking about a difference making quarterback like someone who's potentially going to be in a Heisman conversation because if you're Notre Dame and you're winning a lot of games your quarterback should be in the Heisman conversation he shouldn't you know have to be kind of an afterthought kind of say we need we need another Brady Quinn back at this establishment there you go but look to to your point though Sean and I said this on Wednesday's show Ian Book got Heisman votes and he didn't play all that well when Notre right. Dame went 11 and one or whatever the year was, it's like, okay, if he's getting Heisman votes and if that doesn't tell you the where, real deal, where Notre Dame stands as we'll far in as that conversation, that's what yes. I'm, exactly. So if you're the quarterback at Notre Dame and Notre Dame is playing well, you're going to get love. Now, if yes. you are a reason that they're playing well, you're going to get a lot of love. So, I mean, I, I'm just backing up your point. That's a good point. Yeah. So you're already, you've got a good foundation, even though you had some fluctuation this year, lost a couple games you obviously shouldn't have lost. But now you're going to add that elite talent. You're going to keep building this thing. You're going to be better. And then playoffs, just like you guys said, I don't know about two playoff appearances, but you know, kind of what you wrapped up with and what USMA 87 is saying, playoff win. By year three, I want to see a playoff win. Like, And by year three, you know, it'll be a 12-team playoff. So, you know, even... And that's the thing. It's like a playoff win. How are we going to count playoff wins right. at that point? You know, exactly. maybe two playoff wins, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you need to win the first one and then you need to win another one to get, yeah, so... Because a playoff win right now means you're in the national championship, which, you know, right. we are all looking that is, you know, the next step, right? Notre Dame's been in the Final Four, but they can't win. They can't even really compete, if we're being right. honest. And so the playoff win was like the next step and now a playoff win, I mean, look, if we're being honest with each other, where Notre Dame should be, they should be hosting a game in December if they're right. in the playoff, right? And so Wouldn't you just love to be hosting a game that we, yes. you know, with the weather that's going on out there right now? Yes. Number one, because I'm indoors. But number Sloppy, two, nasty. Yeah. That, that is a severe home field advantage for Notre Dame. Why would you not want to host? Why would yep. you not? So winning that game okay, you should win that game. I think it would be winning, you know, the next one. So, yeah, I agree with you. It would be two once they go to the 12-teamer. 
Yeah. So we're so all buddies, stymie. Oh, go ahead, Jesse. What are you guys most concerned about going forward outside of quarterback? That is the the limiting factor to get to these, you know, playoffs, to these wins, to these appearances. What is the limiting factor outside of the obvious quarterback situation for you guys? I would, I'll kick it off and say I'm most okay. concerned about wide receivers. I, I think you need someone to stretch yeah. the field. They're I mean, missing like a golden Tate, Michael in, Floyd. Yeah, that's, with that's this what class I they've got coming in, starting with this class, yep. it alleviates a lot of those concerns. You know, like Absolutely. knowing what they've got coming in. And again, you know, building on what I was saying, continue to recruit at this level. They'll, you know, more than replenish. They'll, they'll, they'll make up for it. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm really happy looking at this incoming freshman class with what they've got at the skill positions. Now, like losing a guy like Dylan Edwards hurts because of, you know, it's like he could be sort of an all purpose kind of guy, yeah. you know, not just a running back, but a slot. I think they can sure. find another one of yes. those guys though, you Bingo. know, but, I, but Bingo. still like these, these incoming freshman receivers seem to be the real deal. Agreed. And when you look at the depth chart, you know, all over the team, I mean, I know it's so simple. I know it sounds incredibly simple, but they're a quarterback away. I mean, I think if you look at now, maybe I wouldn't mind another elite defensive lineman. And if Keon Keeley was obviously, and I hate to bring up the words, but if Keon Keeley was still in the class, I think everybody feels really good about where the defensive line is right now. Right. And I think that linebacker, everybody's pretty darn happy about. I think at the secondary, everybody's pretty darn happy about offensively. I think, you know, it, this is still tight end you, regardless of what any Georgia fan says. This is still tight end you, okay? Offensive you, line you. Offensive line you. I think you feel good about that. I think the the running back room is as healthy as it's ever been. If, if you're for, if you put a gun to my head and you force me to pick a position, I'd say wide receiver. But at the same time, they're going to be just fine there. They're a quarterback away from being an elite team. They yeah. they just are. So. I yeah, I once they get an elite quarterback, fellas, look out because we're going to have a lot of fun talking about a lot of offensive success and a lot of team success at Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, Stymie's talking about mental lapses, you know, being his biggest uh, I like that hurdle, you know, until they prove, you know, and that's that does have to be addressed. For, Is for sure. this, you know, again, but you know, Vince doesn't think it matters, but you hired the mental or you you fired the mental coach. Oh, so. they still got people. <laughs> uh -huh. she's down there at lsu how'd that work out I got for a guy i got a guy that can go talk to i got a guy stymie was asking what's this friday goodness again if you're joining us late we're going to start doing a special friday edition of rapid fire boom boom sounds like we might have to start at five o'clock going forward i don't know if that's going to work for jesse or not that's part of why we started at 4 30 but then you know guess the pay has to be up <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right uh, Jerry says, does it need to be an elite QB or above average with what they're building? I mean, I know it's above average. average by definition. <laughs> What'd you say? I, I, I didn't hear We're what all you talking said. over each other. Yeah, yeah I sorry. I, I said that pine, in my opinion, was above average by Ooh. definition. Ooh. Was he though? Yeah. I call him. I, I would say he was average. above average in some games. He was above average, but. You know, again, like if if he's in class, he's a C plus B minus student. He's praying for the bell curve. I mean, he's yeah. praying for the curve. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. He had some games where like he was A, but he also had some games where he was D. And yeah. what does A and D average out to? C, right? 
A's and A's and D's equals C's. Yeah. For 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 the whole semester. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I, he was average. I mean, overall, he was average. I, I agree with you. Like, yeah. if you look at Clemson, for example, if Clemson had either Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence right now, they would have been in the playoff mm-hmm. this year. And that's part of, you know, like, even though, like, Dabo, Dabo's recruiting hasn't been, like, Alabama, Georgia level. It's, you know, or even Ohio State, I think. It's been a step behind that. But what has boosted them is the fact that when they have been good, when they have won their championships, they've had elite quarterback play. And that's that's the difference maker. I mean, it's football is a quarterback-driven sport. If you yeah. have an elite quarterback, you can compensate for some of these other things. Even more so now than in the past. Because yeah. in the past, you could have a guy back there just throwing some play action, handing the ball off, and you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, the whole thing. That's it's not gonna win you a national title anymore. You have to have you have to have an offense. You have to have an offense that can score yeah. points, and so you need a quarterback that can distribute the ball and get it where it needs to go. Look, I, I just want to make sure everyone understands. I'm not anti-Drew Pine because we've got, no. you know, bless you, Jesse, and with what he was asked to do, I agree with Jesse. I'm not saying Drew Pine was was not good. I said throughout this season that for the physical abilities that Drew Pine has and, and everything else, he overcame a lot. He played as well as he could have been expected to play, yes. if not better. I mean, the guy threw 22 touchdown passes, and he didn't turn it over at a high rate. But he was much more a game manager still. There, there were still plays to be made that he left on the field that are completely on him whether it's throwing the ball into the ground, overthrows, or or bigger picture, not seeing guys all together because he was locking in on one guy, right? So, again, like he had stretches where he was an A student, but he also had stretches like Stanford where he completed 48% of his passes and there were other games that were just a little bit better than that where he was a D student. And so I've got to look at the whole picture. I can't just look at his best. I've got to look at the whole picture when I evaluate Drew Pine. And that's why I say he's C plus B minus. I'm I'm not knocking Drew Pine for what he gave Notre Dame this season. So I don't want anybody to think that. But I've got to be a fair evaluator and I've got to evaluate the entire body of work. And I will also say that if we're grading on effort, right? If you're grading on, you know. include that, yeah. If you're if you're grading on effort and you're grading on where he should be and where he ended up, you can say that he's above average. But I think he's an average quarterback to begin with at a top D1 school. And so if you're an average quarterback going in and you play to your ability, then you're an then you're an average quarterback. Like that that's kind of the way I'm looking at it and I agree with you on that. I I just don't see him being above average. He he played above his own skill level at times. But he also played below his skill level at times. So okay, see now, you know. now people are saying I know, we I said bless it. you, Jesse, because he sneezed. But I also thought I saw blessy, bless you, Jesse, for you know for for what you said about Pine. So either way, I, I so maybe we're we're more on the same page than I thought we were. But at the same time, <laughs> all right. Now my screen appears to have locked up, and I've had some technology oh, issues. Boy. I've got the questions up. You want me to throw it at you? Do you? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. I think my screen is working now. So do you buy or sell USC being better year in and year out, being better for Notre Dame as well? And Vince, you can start. Oh, I get to start. Yes. 
Uh, no question, it's better. I buy it 100%. Uh, I would buy it even more if USC was the last game of the schedule every single year. Uh, I just think that that's going to be a marquee matchup. That's going to be when it falls on rivalry weekend. I think that's where it belongs. Playing Stanford on rivalry weekend does nothing for me. Nothing. And yes, to all the people out there, I realize Notre Dame lost to Stanford. I get it. But that's not a rivalry. And I want USC as the last game of the season every single year. And I want a good USC because I want it to sting and I want it to hurt USC fans when Notre Dame beats them. And I also want it to mean something to Notre Dame outside of the fact that it's a rivalry game, but I want it to mean something when it comes to strength of schedule. I want it to mean something uh, when it comes to, hey, this is a game that's going to decide maybe who goes to the playoff or seeding within the 12-team playoff or whatever. I want that game to mean something. So USC has to be good in order for that to be the case. Because I'm assuming Notre Dame is going to be good. So, absolutely, USC being better is better for Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as Vince. This is 100% buy, all gas, no break, 0% sell. Um, and a lot of for the same stuff that Vince was saying. You know, this, this game allows Notre Dame to add a, a stronger data point to their resume. And when everyone mm-hmm. wants to complain every year about Notre Dame's weak schedule and it turns out that they play a very solid schedule in the, in the no conference and the no conference championship da, 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 da. when you can add a team like usc at the end of the season uh and, and beat them potentially then it gives you that boost and people can't really knock you anymore and say you played a weak schedule and you're beating a very high end opponent towards the back half of your season when both teams are you know developed uh and, and getting ready gearing up for the end of the season i i just think that again it's another matchup that can potentially turn into ohio state and Michigan type, you know, matchup towards the end of the season where a lot is on the line and the winner is going to get in, you know, to the playoff and obviously won't be as drastic now that the the expansion is coming. But again, it's a good indicator of where you stand at the end of the season against the top level team and knowing, you know, where you're going to be in, in preparation for the playoff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love this and Vince and I have talked about it and Vince just mentioned it last game of the year, regardless of location. That is it, man. Like that's we, you know, we talked about it. I think the week of the USC game, or either that or right afterwards. I think it would mean it. it I, I just think that it 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 vaults this rivalry, especially if both teams are going to be playoff contention type teams year after year. It vaults it to a completely different level, and we're going to talk about rivalries big picture here in a minute. I think college football really needs a national rivalry like that, and. Just, just what you guys have saying, it's it's another strong data point for Notre Dame if USC is not just a 500 pushover type team every year. You know, if, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you don't care. You just want to see them beat Notre Dame, but at the same time, or beat USC, but at the same time, if they're both good, it obviously means even more oh, yeah. and it vaults you. And again, if it's at the end of the season and you're playing it during rivalry week, then it just puts an exclamation point, just like USC. And like Caleb Williams this year and Matt Leinart before and Reggie Bush and, you know, Carson Palmer, all these Heisman winners, like it, it gives Notre Dame a chance to finish off strong with that. Because, you know, when when you're doing it against a 500 USC team every other year, or a Stanford team, I keep mixing my teams up, when you're doing it against a 500 Stanford team every other year, that doesn't do anything for your, you know, like for your Heisman case. For USC, when you're playing Notre Dame on national TV, it means something, and that can mean something for Notre Dame as well if you were able to manipulate your schedule so that you're doing that. So, I mean, I love that. 
And, and again, it just elevates the rivalry even more when both teams are good. So my next question, are sports rivalries less fun now than they used to be? Specifically, like when it comes to the actual players and coaches involved in these rivalries. What do you guys think of the state of rivalries right now? Go ahead, Jess. You can kick this one off. I don't want to. I don't always steal your thunder, man. You stole mine good in the first one, so yeah. And then you just stole mine pretty good on the last yeah. one. It just you know, great minds think alike. Um, I think that rivalries don't. Rivalries still mean something, but I don't think that they mean as much as they used to. Um, just because of the natural state of college football and the transfer portal is going to heighten this even more. Uh, unfortunately now, and I'm not saying, you know, how either way that I'm opposed or against this, but guys just don't give the commitment to, to universities like they used to anymore. Like you don't have as many four-year guys, uh, staying in these programs. And when you have four-year guys at, you know, whether it be Notre Dame and USC or, you know, Michigan, Ohio state, those rivalries mean more because you're going to get four chances every year. And it's going to be the same guy likely that you just saw you know, the year before. And so you get tired of each other um, and you get tired of, you know, either losing uh, consistently or, or, you know, what it may be. But unfortunately, with the landscape of how college football is kind of operating today, I just don't think rivalries are in as impactful to the players as they are to the fans. I think that's a really good point. I think a lot of it also has to do with the state of college football and just the state of society right now back in the day you grew up rooting for your team that was close to you your dream was to go to the team you know go play for the team that you rooted for all along everything was just much more regionalized than it is now I mean technology and transportation and all of those things have have broadened the landscape of college football now Notre Dame has always obviously you know recruited nationwide but that's not the case for a lot of these other rivalries, Michigan, Ohio State, for example, like it was a big deal if you lived in Ohio and went to Michigan, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or vice versa. Now they're recruiting nationally. And and so it's just, you don't grow up with the rivalry. So it doesn't mean quite as much. It's not your whole family isn't involved. Like it's just different than it is now where every team, every school can recruit nationally if they want to, yeah. right? It was just so much more regionalized, and all of these rivalries are regional rivalries, right? You've got the Battle of South Carolina. We're just talking about South Carolina, Clemson, right? Uh, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia. Like those are all regional rivalries. That yeah, they're important, but they're they don't mean what they used to because I don't think the fans are as bought in, and I don't think the the, the players are as bought yeah. in for all the reasons Jess said. But then also, it's just not as regionalized as it used to be. Yeah, I mean that's that's an excellent point, and that's you know spe- specific to college and even even in NFL or in, yeah. you know whatever sport, professional sports, because of free agency. I think with guys moving around, like you just you know with with the free agency era, you used to have guys who would play most of their career with one team, and then as they got old. You know, like Joe Montana would go to the Kansas City Chiefs or, you know, whoever it would happen to be. Marcus Allen went to the Chiefs for that. You know, like, but most guys throughout the 70s and into the 80s and early 90s before free agency came about, like, they would stay with the same team. Like, I can remember, like, back in my day, you know, when, like, there was this um, 
Dallas Cowboys Washington Redskins game and you know like they're they're one of the one of the Washington players made a comment something about Dallas is coming to their funeral this weekend or something like that and somebody threw a funeral wreath you know into the Cowboys locker room and then the Cowboys beat them and I think it was Harvey Martin picked up the funeral wreath he watched down the hallway he opened up the Washington locker room and he threw the wreath into the locker room you know it was like there were, you know, there were, in, you know, like, then you think of like the Notre Dame and USC and the Trojan horse and, you know, those kind of moments, you just don't see that anymore in sports today. Again, it's, it's much more about the fans because the yeah. fans stay year to year, but it's just so different with, with the players themselves, you know, like Caleb Williams with the fingernail paint, you know, it looked kind of stupid, but you know, on the one hand, it's like, well, at least I like it. At least someone's a little bit spicy. You know, it's like there's yeah. edginess to it. <laughs> that's right. I, I miss the edginess. That's exactly it. I miss the edginess that used to come with so many of these rivalries. It's just different today. It's completely different. It's hundred percent. And I you make a good point about free agency that changes rivalries when it comes to the pros. But what's the transfer portal, guys? It's free agency. That's what it is. And so guys are going to be switching allegiances and uniforms at the drop of a hat. I mean, Wilson Contreras going to the Cardinals. Just want to keep bringing that up and how disappointing that is. Wait, that actually happened, Vince? Yes. Five-year deal, dude. When? Yeah, I broke it to Vince two days ago. It was in rapid fire, and he didn't even know it happened until he saw that it happened until right now. Yeah, he signed with the with the Cardinals, and yeah. I think they they just made it official either today or last night. Or all something. right, guys, I think it's time I got to log off, <laughs> <laughs> I, dude. I'm reading the rapid fire in preparation for the show. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> like that hurt. Cubs me. tears, but like he's gonna go play for the Cardinals. Like that done. That did not happen. You can't 30 do that. Years ago, just like Simon said, guys going from the Yankees to Red Sox was like yeah. sin. Like you should be thrown yes. into jail for doing that. Yes. Now it's just like, oh, okay, well, it, it just doesn't matter anymore with the free agency. And I think Lou Holtz, Thunder, and Bolts brings up another good point. With these conference realignments, we're really going to see rivalries kind of That's lose exactly touch it. That's well. exactly it. Yeah. Yep. And yep. and if Notre Dame has to play USC in the first three games of the season, that's going to be so stupid. Because right, it just dumb. doesn't mean as much. The teams nope. aren't the, the same three games in that they are 10 yep. or 11 games in. Agreed. Yeah, and again, like Notre Dame USC at the start of the season is completely different than oh. if they're playing in November. Right. You yep. know. Um. So this one, I didn't include something along the, you know, the lines of this, but we might as well Spicy. include it because Rob asked it. What's more of a sham, Rocket losing to the Heisman to Detmer or Bowers winning the Mackey over Michael Mayer? I wasn't around for Rocket losing, you know, the, the Heisman to Detmer. But for me, just looking at it at an outside perspective, the Heisman is obviously more coveted, right? Like it's it's the best player in the whole country. We're not just talking about one specific tight end or sorry, one specific position group but to me the the Michael Mayer thing is a travesty because of just look at the stats like he has he has a better you know he has better receiving yards better receiving touchdowns more receptions overall um and he's a better run blocker grade you know per PFF and then you look into the fact that he's the number one target for Pine and it's it's well known that he's the number one target for Pine and so when guys are doubling him or the game plan is revolved around zone schemes that are going to you know bracket Mayer and he's still getting the ball it's that much more impressive like 
you know, Mayer had not as much talent around him to make up for the facts when then Bowers has, you know, he, he could, he's just another guy out there. He, he essentially could, you know, he's the number two or three receiving threat in that offense. And to, to me that I just don't understand how that wasn't taken into consideration, knowing that Pine was looking for Mayer almost every third down and teams still couldn't stop him. And he had better stats than Bowers. Yep. <laughs> I don't, I mean, he, you put that together so well. And I mean, they, I'm looking at the Mackey Award website, right? Do they give a they, breakdown of how close it was? Well, well, they give out the tight end of the week award, right? Guess who won it three times, and guess who won it once? <laughs> it's just okay. like every stat you pull up says that Mayer know, was better, yeah. but for some reason, Bowers has this eye test where he's apparently I mean, better. Bowers is a little twitchier guy, you know, so I don't know. Absolutely, like, I get that. Fell in love with that. I'm just going to make a case for my man Rocket because, like, Rocket is, like, the first, you know, like, Tim Brown, you know, it's like you like Tim Brown. Rocket was so freaking electric, man. And, like, you look at that 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 Orange Bowl, total sham, you know, that that punt got called back on, on a clip to begin with. But even before that, Ty Detmer threw, like, 28 interceptions the year he won the Ooh. Heisman over Rocket Ismail. Are you kidding? Now, he threw 45 but he, you can't, you can't throw twenty plus interceptions and be called the the best player in college football that year, especially when you've got a game changer like Rocket Ismail. Now, like he didn't pile up, you know, these massive stats, but that that's because he could impact the game in every facet, whether it was punt return, kick return. You know, hey, Bo Schembechler, you might not want to kick to him the second time. Oh, bye bye. There he goes, another touchdown. And you know, again, like. The punt returns, whether he's receiving, whether he's running the ball, like that was a total sham. I completely agree that Michael Mayer should have done it. You know, should have should have won the Mackey. But I got to go back to my man Rocket because that was a total joke. Ty Detmer was 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 a great college quarterback, but they were playing in a wide open whack at that point. They're throwing the ball all over the place. And again, I don't care if you throw forty five touchdowns if you throw almost thirty interceptions. That's a joke. Those are Jameis Winston numbers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Vince, do you have anything else to well, add on the Mackey before? <laughs> yes, I do, because I it, it took me a second to come up with it, but I, I found on their website the criteria for the John Mackey Award, okay? And I think we can all agree that Brock Bowers is faster than Michael Mayer. He's more of an athlete than Michael Mayer. Okay, I'll give you that. That's why they use him on end of rounds and whatever, Okay. The number one criteria for the John Mackey Award, it says it should be a, quote, true tight end in the style of John Mackey, play on the interior line with blocking responsibilities and possess the potential to play tight end at the professional level. How often was Brock Bowers attached to the line and blocking as well as Michael Mayer? Okay, I'm sorry. It's right there in your criteria. and you still messed it up. I, Votes got to be taken away. Terrible. Just terrible. I'm sorry. That's horrible. Yeah. So, and I completely agree. I can't disagree with that. And Rocket was what? Was that 90, 91? 90. Was yeah. It 90? Yeah. So I don't remember that per, per se because I was nine. I'm older than you boys. Yeah. <laughs> I know Jesse was a twinkle in the eye at that point. Yeah, not but, even close. Yeah. <laughs> He was still years away yes. at that point. 
Um, one other thing that came up today, I saw Tom Noy tweet about this. The ACC, mm. uh, Notre Dame men's basketball, tried to have its game time either moved its, its game against the University of Miami either moved to New Year's Eve or change the time so that it's not being played at the exact same time as the Gator Bowl. But guess what? ACC won't allow it. Shocker. So, yeah. so we're going to have to – basically nobody's going to watch the second half of the basketball game is what you're yeah. saying. So, yeah. Because it's going to be an hour difference because the, the bowl game kicks off at 3.30. The basketball game's at 2.30. You're going to be able to watch the first half, and then everybody's going to flip over to football. No offense to basketball, right. but that's what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm just glad the women play on the 29th. We're at Miami on the 29th, and then we come back. It's rough, and, it's rough yeah. for you, my friend. Well, you know. <laughs> Saying. Not going to complain. Fill in the blank. Baker Mayfield getting a win with the Rams Thursday night after being on the team for less than 48 hours is blank. Pretty impressive, really. I mean, the three of us all know how difficult it is to play football, one. Number two, to learn a playbook in two weeks. I mean, two days, excuse me. Like, that's virtually impossible. And then to actually go out and execute an offense as complex as McVay's offense is for the Rams, being on the team for two days, I I think that's pretty darn impressive. And I... Don't necessarily enjoy giving Baker Mayfield a whole lot of props, <laughs> but in this regard, I'm going to because that was pretty. And if, of course, they're going to slim down the playbook and all of those different things. But still, you're in the end. There were times he didn't know the play, like they had to call a timeout. You know, like he, you know, he there was like, you know, like miscommunication where he thought he was handing off to the right. They ran to the left. You know, those kind of things happen still. Absolutely. But he led a, a comeback at the end of the game. So I'm not sure if that says more about him or it says more about the Raiders, but still it's impressive. It's the NFL. Yeah. I thought it, uh, what Baker Mayfield that did last night was actually um, outstanding. It, it is very difficult and it is very impressive at the same time that he was able to come into this, you know, this entire new franchise, not just two days ago, and he's going to get into the game and ultimately, you know, lead them back and win the game. And I, I'm just going to say this, cause it's always fun to take shots at Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson <laughs> You know, he if he could score 17 points this season, the Broncos add probably three, four, five more wins this season. So it's like yes. Russell Wilson is is this quote unquote potential Hall of Fame quarterback, but he can't muster up 17 points, you know, majority of his games. And if he could as this Hall of Fame quarterback and he's been in this system the entire year and he can't even win games. So that to me adds another level layer of impressiveness for Baker Mayfield in my eyes. So I've got I've got a new niche for Baker Mayfield, okay? You know, like since he can he's on his third team in the last year now and he can just fly in after getting waived by the Panthers and sign up in 48 hours, he can be the new wolf of the NFL, you know, like the wolf from pulp fiction, like he's the fixer. He comes in, it's like he kind of lays back, he's unattached and you know like as the season goes on, everyone loses a quarterback at some point. You need yeah. an emergency quarterback. So Baker Mayfield just kind of works out. You know, maybe he's got Terrell Owens there with him working out because Terrell keeps saying, you know, that he's going to come back and play too. And oh, so Baker coach. Mayfield just kind of, it's like, okay, so the Jets just lost a quarterback. Now Baker's going to fly to New York. He's going <laughs> to sign up, you know. He leads a, he leads a, you know, the a, a, a comeback win for the Jets. You know, their guy gets healthy. And Baker moves on. It's on to the next team. So Baker can be the wolf 
of the NFL. That's what I think he should do. That's that's the new role. I like that. <laughs> I'm down. I, I I would love to see somebody come in and, and do that. <laughs> that would be impressive. That would that be, be funny, be, wouldn't it? Like yes, a guy plays would. for eight different teams in the yeah. same year, you know, yep. and leads like eight comebacks or six comebacks. You know, <laughs> that would be on awesome, short notice. Frankly. That'd be funny. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so we've got the Army-Navy game tomorrow afternoon, Heisman Trophy ceremony tomorrow night as well. Which are you most, most likely to watch? Uh, I'll, I'll be unapologetic about this one. I don't I, – I tune in to the Navy and Army game, but I can't tell you the last time I've sat down and watched it, you know, beginning to end. Uh, to me, I like to see who's going to win the Heisman. So personally, I am going to be more likely to tune in to see who wins the Heisman. I know that's very un – Maybe American of me, college football of me, whatever you want to say, anti-rivalry of me. I don't care. You know, like the president sits on both sides. It's a big deal, but I've just never gotten into it because I, as much as it means Navy and Army aren't usually very good football teams. And I I just don't want to sit and watch bad, essentially bad football for three and a half, four hours. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I, I understand where Jess is coming from, from the <laughs> – from the excitement of that football game from an X's and O's standpoint. I get it, right? Totally. Oh, I, from an entertainment standpoint. I will also say that this particular year, well, any particular year, the Heisman ceremony is boring. It is brutal. It is so overdone by ESPN that it is painful to watch, frankly. And especially this year when everybody knows who's going to win. Yeah. Okay. There is not, there is nothing that anybody is thinking different, right? He's good. It's going to be Caleb Williams. He's going to win by a landslide when they actually put out the final deal. I I did read something that they're going to bring four to the Heisman finals every single year. There's going to be years, probably like this one, where like the third and fourth place guy is going to be distant. So they're going to start bringing four every year, no matter what. Starting last year. Yeah, that's what I read. So brutal, number one. And number two, I'm just – the over-processed show that they have is horrible. So (laughs) I'm all for – you sign me up for the alternate jerseys with the Army-Navy, everything that it stands for. It's an actual football game where I don't know what the outcome is going to be. That's what I'll take. So – Typically, what I do with the Heisman is like I'll sit around, and Jesse knows how I like to channel surf. I will sit around, and you know, I know Ooh. it's on, 
And what you know, when do, when are they giving the award? Uh-huh. It's five minutes left in the show, you know. Yeah. So I come in, and it's it's you know like flip back and forth and and watch the very end just to see who actually gets the award. Army Navy. Sometimes it's like that as well with that game. You know, like I think I can't remember if it was last year or the year before they had some snow. One of these last few years they've had some snow, you know, and it seemed a little bit more interesting. And it's kind of like the same deal with that. You know, like Vince and I have gotten used to seeing quite a bit of that style of football. And when both teams are playing that style of football, you know, how exciting really is it? And that's kind of how I've done it with, with, you know, with Army-Navy. It's like, is it a close game? Okay, I'll tune in and watch the end, you know, maybe watch the fourth quarter or something like that. Now, for me specifically tomorrow, and I didn't realize this until after I wrote this question, you know, I've got a basketball game I've got to call at noon, and then oh. about an hour after that ends, we've got a Marcus Freeman press conference. So it's actually going to end up wiping out quite a bit of – I think the Navy Army-Navy starts at 3, so I'll okay. still get some of it. Maybe it'll be on in the background while I'm trying to get some I, work done. Yeah. But other than that, odds are I've got a better chance of watching you know, the, the Heisman Sad than the other I probably would have watched a little more Army Navy than the Heisman ceremony had I, you know, had more opportunity. And I just got on my soapbox and talked about all of this. And the reality is I will see none of the game because I'm busy. So <laughs> see, there you go. I know. Go. I yep, I'll be busy. So there it is. All right. Let's finish with this one tonight. The National Sports Media Association announced its finalists for the sportscaster of the year. Adam Amin of Fox Sports and NBC Chicago is on the list, as is Al Michaels, Ian Eagle, Jim Nance, Jason Benetti, White Sox guy who does some other national stuff, Joe Buck, Joe Davis, who is now the voice of the World Series and also does NFL on Fox, Kevin Harlan, Mike Tirico, and the final person on the list is Mina Kimes from Hmm. ESPN. So you've got all these play-by-play guys and Mina Kimes on the list. So does she do play-by-play? Just what does no, she do? She does not. So. I didn't she think does so. like NFL Live and some other stuff. Yeah, that's just around the horn. She does not sportscasting. That's not podcasting. Sorry. So who's your favorite? <laughs> so for me, it's kind of a a group of guys that I really enjoy listening to, and I know, and I I'll, I'll give you my favorite overall, but I. Okay. Obviously, I like Kevin Harlan. I think he's really good. I like Ian Eagle. I think he's really good. Uh, and those are those are primarily radio guys, and maybe that's why. But like, I like listening to those two guys. To be honest with you, uh, but I I can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth. But I really like listening to Jason Benetti, and I know he's a White Sox guy, and I don't like listening to him on White Sox games because I don't. But when he does other stuff, and he does a lot of other stuff. I always kind of get a little excited when I hear that he's going to be the play-by-play guy. I think he does a really, really good job. I like listening to him. So he's more of a TV radio guy or a TV play-by-play guy from where I watch him, right? Right. Um, and then the other guys, I like them, and I think it's just because they're radio guys, and that's what I've always done is radio with you. So I, I kind of lean that direction. I thought it was pretty criminal that you weren't on the list first and foremost. <laughs> well, thanks. Travesty. Travesty. Uh, myself. They'd have, dig, they'd have to dig pretty deep to find my name, I'm sure. I mean, they put Mina Kimes on there, dude. Okay. <laughs> so just saying. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting rid of Mina Kimes. Nothing against her. She's just not really, you know. She's not a sportscaster. Yeah. Like that, it's not. Yeah. Al well, Michaels. She is, but it's a completely different kind of sportscaster than right. the rest of these guys. It's like, 
It's like you've got what eight play-by-play guys and Mina Kimes or nine play. Yeah, that's like, it. I don't even know how she ended up on that list. It's it doesn't like, work. Yeah, I'm gonna also say I wasn't a fan of Joe Davis in the World Series, so he's off my list. Um, I like Ian Eagle. He's just not not necessarily my favorite. I like Jim Nance because of the different variety of things that he does. You know, college football, NFL. I'm pretty sure he gets on there during the Masters um, as well. I like Mike Tirico. I think he's a very solid guy, just like Al Michaels. But for me, I'm going to go with I love nothing more than sitting down and listening to some Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller on NBA on TNT. And then they kick it back to the studio and you got Chuck, you got Shaq, you got Ernie, you got, you know, Kenny the Jet. I love that whole, you know, that whole production. So for me, I'm a really big Kevin Harlan guy. Um, but I a very close second is Adam. Um, Adam Amin, Adam actually, Amin. and I, re- I respect him a lot because of that. He He's just kind of grinded out like he started out doing, you know, women's uh, women's college basketball and, and the national championship. And his role has kind of grown and progressed more and more. And I've just seen him from the beginning and where he's at now. I've I've always enjoyed his voice. Anytime that he's doing something, it's a it's a good, you know, good broadcast. And so I give a lot of respects for Adam Amin, but I just don't think he's quite there yet with with the legend Kevin Harlan. I mean, legend is what it is, and it's it, at least like it does my heart well, Jesse, to know that I, I actually did raise you well, that, <laughs> that we're all in the Kevin Harlan camp because you know my affinity for Kevin Harlan. I'm curious because what you know what I'll do a lot of times, and and my wife makes fun of me for this sometimes, is like you know it, it'll be an NBA game I don't really even care that much about, but if I know Kevin Harlan is calling it, I will record it just so I can listen to him and kind of, you know, like get my, get my Kevin Harlan a little bit, the timber, you know, and, and the whole, is he doing more Eastern games or or the later Western games now? Because every time I flip on, you know, like on Tuesday, I don't hear him calling anything these days. I think it's a general mix. Um, And so I, I, yeah, I, it just depends. It varies. I know you're not a frequent fan. So if you hop in, see like Harlan, one, he's a University of Kansas guy. Two, when I was in college, he was the radio voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, and all my uh, college roommates were Chiefs fans. And we did the old, you know, it was back in the day before you had the seven-second delays where you could turn down the sound on the TV and you'd hear the radio guy, and Kevin Harlan was just awesome. And, you know, so, so like, that's, that you know, that's, that's part of where it came from. And then kind of along the lines, you know, a few years down the road, he kind of gave me some career advice after coming to talk to one of our classes as well. So I've, I've, I'm like, I'm never going to leave my guy, Kevin Harlan. He is always right up there at the top of the list. Now, it's all that voice, it is, it is. And it's like, if you think that he gets excited now, you should have heard him when he was doing radio because it, it was like next level when he was still doing chiefs radio back in the day. Um, the Al Michaels thing last night and Vince texted with me, <laughs> texted this to me al michaels he and i'm watching the game when this happened he just slipped into they started talking about the pa guy and the rams public address guy you know does the whose house and then you know like the people are supposed to say my house and basically al michaels was like i'm tired of this pa guy yelling whose house (laughs) i saw a tweet last night michaels is like he will also critique the quality of these Thursday night games 
that he is doing. He has ripped the quality. You don't hear announcers ripping the quality of the games that they're doing very often. So I've got to give Al Michaels high points for all that. Hilarious. I mean, I thought it was Hill. Like when I sent that to you, it wasn't a knock on him. I thought it was fantastic because (laughs) you said something about how, you know, NBA PA guys are always kind of hyping up the crowd and all that. Like that is not the role of a football announcer at all. Right. The football announcer is there to give information. You are Shouldn't the public address announcer. That's it. Right. That's all. Like honestly, if I'm being honest, I think that the Notre Dame PA announcer is a little too enthusiastic. I think he tries <laughs> a little bit too hard with some of the stuff that he's doing. Right. Yeah. It's like he overcompensates because he's taking over for a legend. You know right. what I mean? Uh, but it's different in the NBA or in basketball. Like. You are directly involved in hyping up the crowd in a basketball arena. Football's completely different. You've got to know the difference when you're a PA guy. And I just don't think that that guy in LA knows the difference. <laughs> no, no. It's like you're, it, you know, you're basically at an NBA game. You're basically a DJ, you yeah. know, as opposed to pretty much. That's, that's kind of what you are. You're, you're a DJ slash MC at an NFL stadium. It's like, really like, Third down should be the biggest thing. You know, it's like that's when you really want to get the crowd hyped, it seems like. And like when you listen to some different announcers, third down. But this guy is like, you shouldn't have to keep reminding the crowd. Maybe it's just because it's Los Angeles and nobody cheers out there. I don't know. It's a really good point, though, about the DJ thing. Jess, you remember when you were in high school? You guys would come over and give me songs to play when I was (laughs) doing PA? Like, that's part of it. Like, you guys knew that when certain songs would come on and like, you get hype and all that. I mean, that's the crowd takes over and then the team feeds off of it. And that's, 100%. that was our job. We were there to support and hype up our team. That's and why we were there, the best student section. And I was the, there to hype you guys up. Like right. That's, that's why we were the best duo until our, you know, our good friend, Mr. Frank Groves yeah. took away. All one, our fun. Oh boy. <laughs> one quick one from Lou Holtz, thunder and bolts. Haven't heard a lot about groupie. Is he returning? How are we feeling about kicker next year? Groupie is out of eligibility. He yeah. has kicked for five years. He kicked for four years at Arkansas State. This was his fifth year. So, kicked like himself out of college. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for COVID, he wouldn't have even had this year at Notre Dame. So, Groupie is done. He has no remaining Correct. eligibility. I did see today, I think it was today, that they were hosting a kicker from somewhere, mm-hmm. and I can't remember off the top of my head. So. Interesting. Hosting a kicker. They, it sounded like this they'll have again. Zach Yoakum and they'll have Josh Bryan back. Those are two. Are they I doing don't remember that? if one is scholarship, one's wall. I can't remember the specifics, but they've got those two guys. They're both yeah. going to be sophomores in eligibility. Uh, so they've got two kickers on the roster. But if they're, you know, they're always looking for somebody better, and they should. You're always looking to enhance your roster. I have no problem with that. We're going to pull a, a Jim Harbaugh, little little sleepover little with our sleepover kicker. With kicker. I sleep over with my kicker all the time. So. Little slumber party. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird. All right. It is a little weird, but it was weird, man. Like, but that's Jim Harbaugh, so it is what it is. But that, punter-wise, they're going to be great. I think Bryce McPherson yeah. is a really, really good punter. So punt, yeah. punt, and he's going to—he didn't play at all this year. So he was injured at the beginning, and he was supposed to be the kickoff man. And Zach Yoko. Well, that's how he got injured. I think he, it sounded like he wore his leg out yeah. doing kickoffs and stuff like that and trying to I hate it when that happens. Was the backup punter. So, so he didn't play yeah. at all. So he's going to have all four years of eligibility left. So they're going to be set at punter for quite a while. Yeah. We, uh, some departing homework for all the fans here. This trio is looking for 
Oh yeah. This specific oh yeah. Segment. We forgot to mention the whole thing. What's the name for the like? Do we need a special name for this Friday rapid fire? Like we're gonna start. It's it, again. It's not gonna be like full shows on Fridays. It's only rapid fire. So do we need a special special name for this Friday edition of rapid? Yeah. Bring your best ideas to next Friday. Winner yeah, right. gets a prize from me. Undetermined what that prize is, but <laughs> you'll get something. Oh, that's great. Man. So it'll all it'll be the three of us every Friday, pending craziness. But uh it's the three of us doing rapid fire every Friday. We need a name. I, I think we need a name personally. I think I think this show <laughs> needs a name. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> yes, thanks. Yes, you know, the Stooges is already taken. That's right. <laughs> Pretty good though. I what mean, are these stooges you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> That's a Seinfeld reference, by the way. All right. Well, um, appreciate you stopping by tonight. Hit the like button if you would. We do appreciate it. Think about that name for next week. We will be here next week. We might be closer to five because, you know. We'll see. Brian's going to have to catch his breath eventually Friday afternoon. So, <laughs> And Vince is going to have to get out of school. I know. I'm going to have to hang up on CPS. Maybe we'll compromise. 445, 5 o'clock. Yeah. Who knows? We'll Boo to We Are Marshall. Come on. Ouch. Man. What have I done? Marshall, Ouch. I haven't done anything. I, I shouted you out yesterday. You backed me up on, you know, some stuff. And here we are. Might have a front runner already. Ready, fire. Friday fire. Like Rapid fire. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, Whoa. that is going to do it. <laughs> Whoa. Rocket rebound. <laughs> it's a yes. hard pass. I mean, just <laughs> as well just call it the menage. I mean, come on. <laughs> I like Derek's, but who's the ugly? Because I know it's not me. <laughs> All right. Well, again. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Hit the like button if you would. Vince and I will be back on Monday at our regular time, 6 o'clock. And, of course, Jess will be back with me on Tuesday as well on IB Nation Sports Talk. We will talk to you then. Have a great weekend.